Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love is in the air. It's love, it's love. Well, who would have thought it? Uh, hearts, roses, candy. What more could one want in the month of love? How about more contributors to no. our Patreon? After all, we are a self-funded oh, podcast. this is true. This is true. So if you love us, yes. head on over to patreon.com. That's right. It's pronounced love, but spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And search for Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends, and set a monthly donation. Even a dollar a month helps us. I feel like Sally Struthers. Mm. Your contributions help us continue doing what we are doing. Oh, I'm going to go home and snuggle with my wife right now, Rob. And I'm off for a hot Valentine's Day with my favorite gal, Mama Celeste. (laughs) Help us on Patreon so Rob can upgrade to DiGiorno. DiGiorno, get the line out. Or Elios. I'm sorry, I didn't realize it was on me to make the punchline, but you had me at Mama Celeste. (laughs) I have a lot of people at Mama Celeste. Pizza favorites. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Curtain, and make sure to join our Facebook page at Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. And follow us on Instagram at Broadway Curtain Podcast. Plus, you can always listen to our podcasts on Broadway World and Stitcher. Today's guest is one of the most intelligent composer-lyricists working today. He's already laughing, but it's true. Mm -hmm. His contributions to the American musical theater are tantamount to its ever-evolving development. His works always seem to take us into a world that is unfamiliar but is filled with the resonance of humanity. Yes. His pieces include Buzzsaw Berkeley, The Highest Yellow, Hotel C'est L'Amour, Giant, Los Otros with Ellen Fitzhugh, Reign of Human Bondage, Cost of Living, First Lady Suite, First Daughter Suite, Hello Again, The Petrified Prince, Little Fish, See What I Want to See, Bernardo Alba, which I love, Queen of the Mist, Marie Christine, and of course, The Wild Party. To tell us what it was like to work with such legends as Graziella Danielle, Audrey McDonald, Mary Testa, Eartha Kitt, and so many more, here is the incredibly brilliant Michael John LaCusa. Michael! Oh my god, oh guys. No. What is all that 
that all about? You did it. <laughs> it's your fault. You Thank you, though. We are it's very sweet. Oh, yeah. please. We are so happy that you took time out of your busy schedule <laughs> to come down and join us today. Yeah. What is a normal day like for you like? You are teaching right now. Is that correct? Yes, I am. I teach at NYU, yeah. uh, the, uh, the, the uh, Master's in Musical Theater Writing mm-hmm. program that yeah. exists there at Tisch. It's a lot of fun uh, to work with the students there. It's growing class. It's a, quite a large class, so there's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. But, um, but we are having a good time in the class this year is wonderful. It's exciting to see people making music and, and making songs. It's and just how long wonderful. Have you been there? Uh, you know, I am I'm totally spaced about that. I think it's a good 16 years. I, I think, think I've so. been. For a yeah, long. I yeah, think that's right. for quite a while. Yeah, and I can't, you know I keep trying to get fired, but they never <laughs> do it to me. And, you know, <laughs> of but, but I have a lot of, a lot of um, yeah. joy in it. And I never thought I would be, enjoy teaching uh, right. there, but uh, uh, it's turned out to be a really great thing. It's also wonderful to see how the students uh, go on from their their studies uh, right. to into whether or not they become writers or not they become something involved in the theater right. uh, some of them become like publishers or right. or uh, producers and mm-hmm. it's just wonderful to see that yeah. uh, that evolution of the character and the talent yeah. now how did you first get involved with the theater when did you first fall in love with it Oh, I think I'm, I'm Italian boy, so and from, and from so there's a lot of drama, yeah. you know, we, uh, all that. and a Catholic too, and a yeah. Catholic uh, boy too. So double the guilt, double yes, the fun. Yes, exactly. And you grew so up in Westchester. Right? No, no, oh, no, in Western New York. Oh, and Chautauqua, oh, New York. Chautauqua. I think you're thinking Chautauqua of Chautauqua. Is yeah. different than Chautauqua, of yeah, course. Chautauqua, which that's, is a very that's very West. Yeah. We're, yes. we're Western New York. I grew we're very up in adamant. Elmira, New York, which okay, is not as far. That's not as West. I know. We are the Wild West out there. There. This is it's like, kind of like an arts colony, wasn't it? Uh, the Chautauqua Institution is there, yes. Yes, okay. it's beautiful. And uh, and every summer they do major... Uh, it's for the humanities and the arts, the ballet, the theater, the symphony. Yeah. A lot of shows come in, and uh, and they have a lot of speakers there, political speakers, et cetera. And it's right, quite... Right. Uh, quite a, a beautiful, beautiful place to go visit. So you grew up there, and mm-hmm. then how did you get involved out in the arts out there? Well, because it was all around me. Right. I mean, literally, we had so much of it going on uh, in our community and in, our, in my school. Uh, you know, there was always there was the, the theater department and, lucky. and wonderful, lucky. wonderful music department that I grew up in. Very, very lucky, yes. Yeah. And of course, in my household, my mom always, and her sisters were always singing, and I learned oh. to play piano relatively young. And You taught and, yourself um, to play I was, piano. Well, I, I began playing by ear, okay. and then I began taking lessons with um, the wonderful blind Mrs. Scarum, and she was wonderful to me. She was great. Was her name really Mrs. Scarum? Mrs. Scarum, yes. <laughs> It's intimidating. She was. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there but stories. she loved me to pieces, and I was very lucky to grow up with her and uh, and learn piano from her. And and I had a wonderful musical teacher, Mrs. Stranisha, who was in my high school. And then the, um, and of course my one beloved, Mrs. Hammer. <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Hammer, who uh, really who told me when in fourth grade, she said, "When you grow up, you should write musicals." Oh my what? God! Really? She told me because I did I did, did like write a little musical for my class, I guess, and uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, uh, a short little piece, and uh, uh, for the class to perform, and uh, and she said after. You know, when you grow up, you should write musicals. And I didn't doubt her because you never doubted Mrs. Hammer. Oh, you know? Hello, with a name no, like that. No, no. And I just decided that was what I was going to do. How even, even as a kid. Even as a kid. That even was, as a that kid, yeah. I didn't know how you did right, it. Right, right, right. But I thought, yeah, I'm going to do that. Were you listening to a lot of musicals growing up? 
Oh yes, absolutely. Okay, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, very, very, you know, typical, you know, 60s, 70s household, particularly what with a mother who loved Broadway musicals. What you know, were some of the, the favorites? Oh, Carousel oh, and, yeah. uh, and South Pacific and Sound of Music, most certainly. All the Rodgers and Hammerstein classics. Yep. And uh, and as well as like um, the Frank Lesser musicals, Guys and Dolls, and uh, you know, beautiful the beautiful stuff. And the, when did what Son- they call the Golden Age? Did mm. Sondheim enter it? Interestingly point? enough, um, I really wasn't familiar with. On him until he was a much older. Okay. Um, Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Hit me yeah. like a a brick. You know. Yeah. I mean that that really yeah. knocked me for a loop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't quite familiar with a lot of other. Yeah. Sondheim stuff uh, mm-hmm. until I was actually being a music director right. and doing a lot of summer stock and having to learn the canon yeah. and uh, and getting into my fingers and you know yeah. learning so and uh, then of course you know you fall in love and you go oh there is life after Rodgers and Hammerstein yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean there's, yeah. there's more to the world than yeah. you know the golden age were you age. taking trips as a, ever as a kid to New York City to see shows no Did I you? never I never got up to New York City believe it or not until I well I was so young when I moved here I was like about what 17 and a half oh, 18 mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. so when I moved here from uh, when I when I was doing summer stock at New London Playhouse so. oh okay New, New London, New London Barn, up in uh, New Hampshire, and New Hampshire, yeah, yeah. New oh. Hampshire, yeah. Oh were you Lake when, Sunapee. When yeah, you were in totally. high school, were you performing on stage? I did a lot of that. Yes, okay, absolutely. So, so but I, I knew I was never going to be an actor. Oh, really? That was just the saddest thing. Oh, oh, oh I was really? just, I was terrible. I would never remember lines. Uh, oh, it was really hard for me. I never got it. I never liked being in front of an audience. I hated it. I just really felt it wasn't okay. You know, me, I, I could never lose myself on stage uh, that way. Uh, However, now that as a writer, you, you lose yourself in character all the time, oh God, and you're always, yeah. you know, I don't mean I, I'm very gregarious, as you probably, you know, <laughs> know, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm out there, but, but uh, I'm not an actor. I could the minute you put lines in front of me, I'm just like, what? Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how I don't know how actors do it. That's why I love them and hate mm. them simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoken like you a know? true writer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Were you writing musicals or? songs when you were in high school? Yes, sure. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I would put on shows and concerts of my stuff. And I don't know, it's really strange, isn't That's it? Amazing. Yeah, and, and risking getting beaten up for it all. But, you know, it was my way of just sharing the work. It really, I really felt, didn't feel ever compelled about, or um, compelled not to do that. I yeah. mean, it was very much encouraged to do that by friends, by my teachers, and uh, by Mother, the student body. Yeah, And yeah. your family, too? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. They were very supportive. Well, uh, Kind of supportive. My father wasn't so big yeah. on it all. He'd rather have me play football. Yeah, yeah. and that uh, like the not do that. But stereotype. you know, they they you know they didn't quite understand it all. Yeah, you know, right. but right. Uh, but they were very supportive of it. How big's your family? I have two younger brothers now. My, my, both my parents are long gone. Okay. Uh, my, I have two younger brothers, Thomas and Matthew. They live in Buffalo, New York. Cold yep. Buffalo, New York. <laughs> yep. Matthew runs ART of Western New York, which is a theater company, small theater company oh, wow. out there, which is great. And Tom is um, sometimes acts. He's a wonderful Shakespearean oh actor gosh. as well. And, so, and it is a, uh, right now he works in carpentry. Yeah. What an artsy Building family. Sets. I know. Well, I know. It's kind of I fun. But even my cousins were all that, too, and sang. And yeah. Did, yeah, we did yeah. a lot of stuff. So. Yeah. And, of course, I, you know, my brothers would have to wind of being some involved somehow in the show because I was, I was always putting them in my plays and my shows. <laughs> you know, they were forcing them, forcing them to play drums for me, teaching, you know, yeah. so I could have someone to accompany me when, you know. Right, right. 
I hope they're giving you a commission now. So you're like, <laughs> you're no. like a senior in high school, and you're like, what am I going to do next? Was there college on the? Ever, well, college was on the horizon, but yeah. you know, we were didn't have. I didn't come from money. We didn't have, didn't have a lot of money. And um, I honestly, I had to tell you, I wasn't sure by the time it came time to decide what to do, um, because colleges uh, and universities, and I think it's still very much the same situation for them is that um, you know there was a theater department and there's a music department. Yes, there was completely And separate. the only mm -hmm. school that maybe was doing that was Carnegie Mellon, but that was way too expensive right, for me. Right. Even with good grades and stuff, I would right. never have gotten a scholarship. It was just next to impossible to yeah. get a scholarship to that, that school. And um, so I, I knew, that, and having been an accompanist like at Fidoni State for opera, <laughs> I knew what the music department things were like. Yeah. And I knew that that was just not it because they didn't do, they weren't focused on theater, which I loved, or plays. Yeah. Yeah. And then I knew that from theater, there was so little focus on learning music. Yeah. So the other thing that I really liked to do was watch TV. And so I found some school in Boston, convinced my parents to send me there. It was like a two-year school, and what we did all day was watch TV and write about it. Ooh. It was mostly my excuse to get out of town. Can I go to that and school? That, oh, it was fabulous. It was oh. fabulous. We, we did TV all day. We learned how to make TV. and and write up TV shows and watch TV and critique and it was that was the thing it was the media study uh, yeah. oh. course like for two years or something like sort of like a vocation school yeah. of sorts yeah. but it was really my excuse to get out of town because I midway through the even the first semester I was like already you know on yeah. the sidewalk getting jobs playing piano and you were and I, by, the, by by the end of the first semester I was like done I I, yeah. <laughs> I was working professionally at that point and in Boston it's going up to like New London Bar oh yes and that's how you did yeah. doing all that out stuff there yeah exactly totally. well, and then you start making money at a very young age it gets well, quite fun to do that especially with those you know? skills and it's they're fun and fun if you have totally. the skills to yeah. do it yeah I was lucky enough to be you know relatively good piano player yeah. and uh, could sight read and yes. could sight uh, yes. transpose which are, were very valuable tools back in those days. You, you know. could sight transpose? Yes, oh yeah, we could God, learn how to really do that. Insane. Well, sometimes, I don't know how that, well, by playing by ear, I think that is an awful. Yeah. That is it. Uh, you know, I'm not saying you could do it definitely, you know, every single note sight transpose. No, but, but knowing where the chords go. And wasn't that also from church, playing organ in church, you had to sometimes transpose yep. a little bit, uh, you know, for the priest, to whoever was visiting. <laughs> if you couldn't sing the certain, you know, Latin hymn in one thing, you had to, like, take it down. Like, they would say to you, can you take it down? Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Yeah, sure. Just like at, a, like at piano bars now, or something like, hey, can you do it in D? Father Sheen, yeah, Father Sheen. Can you do this in D? You know, yeah. Sure. Tantamergo, Sacramentum. They didn't Oh, my God. Thank you. Hey, y'all, I'm here every Tuesday. Try the video. And the wafers. I had, God, you're killing me. I had read that you, you, you appreciated some of the neoclassic composers like Corigliano, Adams, yes, Glass. I felt was, deeply Was that like yes. during those teenage years or was that later? A little later. Oh. Uh, like, well, you know, when I was you know, in my early, early 20s okay. and, you know, really began. And, and Steve Reich. I mean, all that oh, stuff. Yeah. Although I was familiar with, this, with it, I really was just really smitten with the, the, the new composers yeah. that were coming through. Okay. This was wonderful to yeah. listen to Reich and to John. I just oh love his work so much. And, yeah. and the same thing with John Adams. Mm -hmm. Just adored yeah. all that stuff and just, just drank it in and yes. studied the scores. And I practically oh. lived in the library, you know, because I didn't go to college for music. So I had to teach. Right. You, you know, had to like study. You have to teach yourself if you're not going to go and do the four years and yeah. be killed in music school. Right. You know, I, yeah. I, so I was very self taught in that respect, but very diligent 
diligent about it, you know, going and learning and studying music theory on my own and studying really? the scores and learning how to play the stuff and having as much of a vocabulary as I possibly could, you know, scrounge for myself right, in, yeah. right. in my early days in New York. So, When you were listening to, or being exposed to a new piece for the first time, did you like to sit and listen to it while following along in the score? Or did you just like to put your headphones on, close your eyes... And listen, like, how do you like to receive? I think it's different. I think it's different for every single thing that I would listen to. Yeah. Um, It depends on the purpose of it all. Am I? Am I? Is I generally do like to listen to it without a score in front of me because I just, uh, you know, just listen Mm -hmm. because that's the experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It should be. Mm -hmm. And then if it does intrigue me enough, then I will go and look at a score and follow the score along. Okay. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, it, it, it depends. Just kind I'm, of figure you know, out like what do they do? How do, how do they yeah, make that if sound? I'm, if, I, if I'm in a research mode though, or mm-hmm. something, and I'm learning like, um, or I have to learn quickly, what was Mozart doing when he was writing this? You know, the 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 the, the big um, climax of Don Giovanni. Yeah. What was he doing? I will sit there and look at the score along with it all. If I have to learn that, say for a lecture or something mm-hmm. like that, I'm going to quote something from yeah. you know Mozart in, in a lecture. Or, uh, then I'll do it. It all depends on expediency mm-hmm. or whether or not I have the luxury of sitting and listening to a full score these days. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, for things. Yeah. yeah. How old were you then when you made that move to New York? I well, would be some like eighteen. I was uh-huh. eighteen when I came here. Yeah. Damn. Oh wow. Two hundred fifty bucks in my pocket. Can you believe it? Are you serious? And the trash was piled high <laughs> as an elephant's eye. <laughs> it was really dirty. This city was. Where, this city yeah. was filthy. I think I found. Well, I stayed at a Y. The Y on sixty six there for a. a short time and then okay. got a job immediately on music a tour. Directing. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, music directing on a tour for some equity children's theater thing that was going around the country and uh-huh. stuff. And so I wasn't really here a lot, but yeah. you know, I would pop back in, you know, go to the Y, plop the stuff down, and then eventually found a place on 79th Street. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, eventually I even moved from there because I, I was like, I moved into the basement of the 78th Street Theater Lab. The wonderful Mark Zeller and Dana Zeller Alexis ran a wonderful. It's right. It's where stand-up comedy, stand-up New York is now uh-huh. on Seventy okay. Eighth Street. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, they used to have a. All three floors were all theater activity uh, things. Uh, I that. Yeah, and oh, Mark was is and continues to be one of the great vocal teachers mm. uh, in New York City. I remember, and I was his accompanist uh, for all his classes. And in exchange, uh-huh. he let me, you know, crash in the basement there, nice. which was nice. And uh, and Dana Zeller Alexis, terrific acting teacher, they were remarkable. I mean, I'm watching Mark work with um, non-singers, that was his forte, yeah. mm-hmm. were, peop- were people who, who just were too scared to sing, and how to get that out of right. them, uh, a voice out of them. Uh, he t- I remember him working with deaf students, oh people God. who really, you know, because it is all about sensation, how, how you can you can you can do it. the best singers yeah. only know if they're singing correctly by how it feels, not by how they hear themselves. And uh, it was remarkable working with him. I think I still think he's one of the great, 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 great vocal teachers that New York had. Um, I'm not sure if he's still doing it. He would be rather up in the age. I've not been in touch for a number of years. Okay. But they were wonderful influences on my life, and uh, I was so lucky to know them. And we, and of course, playing for all the cabarets and all the shows and oh. writing. And that's where I really began doing writing original musical and music and, and doing right. my songs in cabarets and cabarets here uh, in New York. 
mid eighties? Um, early eighties. Early eighty, eighty one. What was 82? the cabaret scene like? Oh my yes, god! Please. Oh my please. god! I was part of it. It's not yeah. like it now. Um, tell us know, oh my today. gosh! For some reason, I got into a niche of being the guy that all the comedians went to, like camp songs, a little bit. Kind I of. I mean, that, it was I surprised was, me because I, I, I wound up being like the comedians' music director for some reason. Wonderful uh, uh, people like um, um, uh, Jeffrey. Essman and Jane Anderson, who just did a oh, yeah. uh, was was a great comedian, at the, and she did a lot of stand up at that time. And I was yeah. her. I heard the, uh, we always did the like don't tell mamas. Um, yeah. um, the duplex, of course, was fabulous. Yeah. Then um, and then of course there was Folk City. What um, Folk City? Folk City was on Fourth uh, Street, Eighth Street, Fourth Street in well. the in the West in, in in the West Village area, right by MYU. Okay, um, that was happening there. There was always and there was the Improv, of course, and uh, yeah. all those other clubs. And there's plenty to do here. Yeah. In fact, I even managed one of Seventy Street Theater Lab. We had a cabaret, stand up, stand up. Where Stand Up yeah. New York is now oh. was we had a cabaret there. Huh. It was all over the place because that was that was where you really got to show off if your your talent. Right. In fact, if you were a songwriter, actually, that's where you would bring all mm. your new songs and do and do them there. Yeah. I mean, it's very limited now. Rents have gone up so much, yeah. and also yeah, yeah. two ordinances are different now. I mean, you could we can't dance in bars anymore. No. There's really? no more dancing in this town in bars. <laughs> You know, that's it. I, know that I, like go, I go so far back that I remember dancing in this bar. <laughs> Used to dance in this bar in my day. It really is. Yeah, I was like walking on the Upper West Side and this young gay couple, wonderful, very you know, cute guys, and they recognized me and they said, oh, I didn't know you lived up here. How long have you lived up here in the Upper West Side? And this is like on yeah. 104th Street. And I go, God, since, you know, I don't know, 80s? And he goes, oh, you're a pioneer. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like going... And I'm going, wow, I really Thanks. felt like granny, granny on the back of yeah. the... Yeah, wow, pioneer, yep. <laughs> yes, my son, grandsons. <laughs> different time back then. If, oh, it was a different Just time. Just had cornbread and poppers in the yeah. covered wagon. It really was. <laughs> it was, that was it. And you yeah. enjoyed yourself. Yes, and you had a good time while <laughs> And you had a good time yeah. with those... Yes. Oh, my God. This is yeah. amazing. Okay, what shows were you seeing? Were you starting to get exposed to a lot of... Yes, I started going to shows immediately. Of course, I could only afford to I was second act yes. a lot of them. Yeah. You know, but then again, they, there was so little security, you know, going yeah. on back oh, yeah. as they have today, you know, like, I don't think very rarely can you go, but then also you pick up a ticket that would be lying yeah, outside sure. and yeah. go back in yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So I second act an awful lot of shows, and when you could afford it, it was cheaper than, of course, you know yeah. what I mean? I remember paying, uh, like, 10 bucks to see shows here. Mm. I mean, mm -hmm. I remember seeing in the 80s, it would be, what would it be? Well, one of my very, I think my very first Broadway show here would have been but it have been Merrily We Roll Along. It might have been Merrily We Roll Along. Oh, my God. I saw it three times. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. In fact, I, I, I remember after the first performance, I had a heart on. Yeah. I, so I didn't get up from my seat. <laughs> I, mean, I literally had a heart on. <laughs> you were just so... I was so... What the hell? Could, and people were marching out. They were mad about it and marching out doing the show. Just mad. I'm going, this you is freaking brilliant. Yeah. That's it's amazing. fucking brilliant. I got so turned on. I've told Steve this story. Yeah. <laughs> but he loved it. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He had told, I think actually, it's actually published in some honorary book to him or something like that where I finally came clean. I, go, I mean, everybody was getting up to leave the theater. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to wait till oh. you settle down there, Mr. Yeah. Man. And, uh, you know, I was so turned on by it all. And that I is incredible. I just thought it was, I just, and I went, 
oh, again, those little revelations that you yeah. have when, and, and also too, knowing that that piece and directed by Hal Prince yeah. as well, and, you know, and what these artists were doing was just like making people so fucking angry. Yeah. I was like going, I need to do that. Oh my God. I think I need to do that. That is the thing that made me excited. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that really turned me on in such a visceral way. Yeah. I went, now that, if yeah. you can do that to people, <laughs> piss them off to the point where they're marching out and angry and not knowing why they're angry. They're just angry. They're just angry yeah. because it's so new to them. Yeah. It's such a different language that's being given to them. And I just thought that, yeah. that yeah. is cool. When you were living here in the, in the mid-80s, you started, I'm assuming, developing like a tribe of people, like your community of sure, people. Who, sure. who were some of the people that were... Oh, gosh. You know, I was very fortunate to get into the BMI workshop at a very, that, very yeah, young yeah, age. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I had... I had lame an ankle at the last so, year know, of his life. Tell us everything. And oh my God, he was he was lame and he was lame. Right, we've you know, heard. Very I mean, yeah. opinionated, yeah. very opinionated. Yes. Um, but at the same time, so loving. I felt and so dedicated, mm. so deeply passionate about passing on what he knew about or what he believed about theater. Now he was mm. could have been right and could have been wrong. Who knows? Right. I learned. Yeah. Like, oh, I learned. Like, like I learned. Lessons. What, what, have, what have you taken away from the class? Oh, my gosh. Just how to write a Blanche Dubois song. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we, Come on. We just heard this. Or the Willie Loman song. Or the... Well, one of the most important things I learned from Lehman, we were doing something called um, The Moon is Blue, based on The Moon is Blue, the play. Um, it's set in the 50s. Okay. So there was a big climatic moment, and um, we, I, I wrote... A, or I was my collaborator and I wrote lyrics to this moment where the two lovers reconcile and I decided to go all the way with it in, you know, in the 50s. Well, it sounded just like a sweeping thing from Inherit the Wind or, yeah. you know, big <laughs> 50s love thing. And Layman was, Layman was very flirtatious to the young boys yes, and I was I a, a very young boy. Uh -huh. and, uh, you know, so, but he, but he also, he was also really good to me. Yeah. He mm -hmm. also, I think he heard something which was positive and gave me positive reinforcement. So he said, this is very beautiful. And I went, oh, I'm so happy. He goes, yeah, but it's not you, mm. which is, which was the part. I said, well, what do you mean? It's, it's me. It's, this is mine. I wrote, wrote it. He it. goes, yeah. no, no, no. It's, it just sounds like something that someone else wrote from the 50s. And I said, but that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to do this, never imitate. Oh. You have to learn how to filter your own voice through those, um, yeah. you know, uh, if you want to write in a 50s song, right, write it, but right, write right, your right. version of the 50s exactly. song. And he said it's like Jerome Robbins when he did the dances for West Side Story. He didn't just do a cha-cha on stage. He right. did Jerome His Robbins' version. version of the cha-cha. When Leonard Bernstein wrote you know, the, his music for that. He wrote the Leonard Mambo, Bernstein's yeah. Yeah. version of that. And in that way, that's when you become good at what you do. And I learned, to learn that at that early age and to go, wow, thinking that you had done such a beautiful job and it was a beautiful piece of music. Mm -hmm. I, and I went, oh, what is my voice? What, what, is he, what, what does he hear and that I need to make sure is always there? For myself, and that's yeah. what—that's when the search began and always continues. Oh, what yeah. a great to, lesson! To, it was a great lesson, and, and yeah. it really—it hurt so deeply to be criticized, but at the same time, it was like—but he wasn't mean about it. But yeah. it was—it was—it was so deep, and it hit me like boom. 
you know, yeah. I went, yeah. wow. And then I realized, oh, I'm, this is serious business. Yeah. This is serious business mm -hmm. here. Yeah, and is. I'm assuming you impart that lesson onto your students today. As I well. try to. Yeah. I try to. If there's something that I, I hear, if I don't hear anything yeah. in their work, that's just that there's a, a voice that needs to be protected and to, you know, allowed to breathe. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll share that with them. Fabulous. You know, and through the BMI workshop, of course, you meet a lot of good old folks that you know yeah. are still friends of mine. Lynn Aaron, Steve Flaherty. We were oh, all in the same class, the same time. and oh uh, well, they were I think they were a year behind me, and uh, but they were. We all became part yeah. of something. Yeah. Come, the, come the third year, Gerard Alexandrini was in my class. We talked to him yesterday. Oh my God, one of my favorite people on the planet. Oh, I just really? love him so much, and he started doing Forbidden Broadway during then too. Yeah, he was so good. He was. Layman didn't like that. That's what he's yes. Damien, you were not supposed to do those kind of things yeah, while you were in class. Yeah. He, he was, you're not allowed to do anything professional. But, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And he's one of the best in the planet. I love Gerard to oh, pieces to this genius. day. And then, of course, my mentors that, you know, I had the great fortune to meet uh, there, uh, Ed Kleban, who oh. just who took me on to being my remarkable mentor, uh, who I think is the best li living lyricist that we have in our country, Ellen Fitzhugh. Mm. Um, you know, many people don't know who she is, You're quite right. unfortunately. Well, she's a woman, ha, 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 yeah. you know, for one thing. And, uh, and uh, she's really brilliant. So she took me under her wing. And there was wonderful, Alan Mankin was there. And, and uh, just wonderful, wonderful mentors. And then, of course, my dear Maury Aston, who I love mm. so much, and who was, was been he so teaching? good to me. Was he also he was one of my teachers yeah. there too. Yeah, who I, and I learned an awful lot working with Maury. Because yeah. talk about your opinions, but boy, he's a smart devil. Oh my God, yeah. smart man, smart man. Right. Right. And so I was kind. very fortunate. So yeah. those were great days. You know, I, uh, I yeah. took a lot from the BMI. I did know enough, though. Come the third year, mm -hmm. that um, when enough was enough, when I had built a certain amount of. Um, friends had discovered it, you know, uh, and, and had been in the BMI workshop where I was, I was in the showcase, right. um, and, uh, and met Ira Weitzman, at Link, who was working at Playwrights Horizons then, my agent, who later became my agent, my friend Wiley Housem, okay. uh, so I was able to sign with Luis Senorho at ICM, Oh wow! And uh, which was really great, yeah. yeah, that was very fortunate to have Luis for the short time that I did before he passed, because right. um, he was one of the old timers there you know he goes back to Audrey Wood and Tennessee yeah. Williams and oh so God. all the the gentleman agents and yeah. the, yes, like the writers agents back when they used to have yeah um, and uh, so I was very fortunate to meet all those people through that once I learned and and had developed a little um, band of friends outside of the BMI workshop I recognized that it was I didn't need to bring my songs by every week and be heavily critiqued. The, yes. And, um, yeah. you know, and Your then, voice yes. was being formed. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, tell me a little bit w w with the playwrights, what did you, the, the four short operas, didn't you? Oh, do? we did the one acts there. The one yes. acts. Yeah. Yeah. Was that like the first sort of, I don't want to say, Playwrights is commercial because they're a not-for-profit, but is that one of your first New York showcases of your work? That well, was your original I think, work? I think no. I think it would have to be one of the stupidest musicals ever written, oh. well, and one of the funniest ones I've ever been involved in. It's called Buzzsaw Berkeley. Yeah, and yeah. Doug Wright and wrote the book for it all, and Chris <laughs> Ashley directed it. So we're all three, we're younger than hell. I mean, we were, we were babies, just babies. And Doug, and, and I think Chris too, had this crazy, crazy-ass idea um, of, of doing a mashup of uh, Mickey and Judy movies, Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland movies. Come yes. on, kids, let's put on a show yeah, yeah. Babes and, and Babes yeah. in Arms yeah. and do a mashup with slasher movies. 
Okay. What? Great idea. <laughs> it's brilliant, and it's one of the funniest shows ever. And um, and it was so ahead of its time. And I hate, hate when people say that you always kind of raise your eyebrow. Yeah. But it really was so beyond. It was gay camp to the nth degree before there was even such a thing like that uh -huh. in New York. I mean, they were doing stuff at you know uh, we, we had Ethel Eichelberger in it just to show you how camp we were. Uh -huh. We were we were that. Crazy. I mean, Charles was doing his stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, there but as a musical, it was just, you think the prom is as gay as it gets. Yeah. Trust me. This was, <laughs> Buzzsaw was there many, many, many years where, before where was then. It done? Thank you. At the WPA Theater oh. down there in 23rd Street. And, uh, and so that was, I think, and I remember every song ended with a death. And I remember <laughs> every song ended with somebody being murdered, which is brilliant. And I said, <laughs> I remember uh, writing Lynn Aarons a little letter. We didn't have email, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, or no, I was I left her a message or something. And because Lynn always said to me, you know what your problem is, Michael John, you don't know how to button your songs. <laughs> So I remember Thanks. calling her, yeah. Like a mother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but she is, she is, she is. She, is. She, she means it only with great yes, love. Of course, of course. You know, and uh, you know, and, uh, uh, and I called her and I said, you know, Lynn, I've got a show to love you to see and I love you, you know, and so, she, and so she, I guess she came to see her and I said, how'd you like the buttons? She said, they were, those were buttons. <laughs> the death, death. So, fuck you. <laughs> Tell me how I don't know how to button a fucking I'll get show. your button. I'll cut your button. Here, stick your neck out. I want to see this show now. Was there a recording made? Never. Oh my god. There was a. Oh my god. They trashed it. We were really? literally almost run out of town. What year? What year was this? Oh gosh, chum, I can't remember. That's okay. It would be. 80, 80 something. Okay, it would okay. have to be in the 80s, 86. Genius. It's well, oh, it's Doug Wright. I'm telling you, yeah, that I mean, boy that, is a genius. He went on to write, you yeah, know, yeah. some Chris of the funniest. Did stuff. Okay too. And oh, yeah. Chris, oh, yes, yeah. Chris, brilliant. Yeah, That's brilliant. Genius. What was the next thing you were going to ask? I thought I could. No, I, the, the playwrights. I was just curious about the. the, the and one then we did. Yeah, we, we did the one act there. That was one of the drama bookshop. I think that they are. They are. They're a handwritten score published there. Oh yes. I always wanted to get them and play them because I always want to hear that music. I've put it into finale now, so you it's did. much cleaner now to read. Yes, I don't think Dramatist has republished it yet, oh, so because okay. they're not done that often. I imagine, but still, you know, there's a recording of them. I have to get a, I have to get a recording of yeah. that someday. I'd yeah. like to do that. Oh, oh, good to know. Yeah. Good to yeah, know. Playwrights yeah. at that time was really kind of sort of finding the new writers. I oh, they were say. remarkable. Yes, yeah. I mean they they really right, had the hold on uh, of imagination, yeah. uh, uh, and also too uh, after uh, they they were part of that post. Prince Sondheim and yes. the new collaboration with Jim Lapine yeah. that that created Sunday in the park and and, and initiated into the woods, right, right. you know, uh, as well. So they were very instrumental, and of course introduced the world to Bill Finn. I was just yeah. going to say, and, I know you um, teach and Bill now, and and Steve yeah, Flaherty right. too, as well with their Lucky Stiff. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right. So they were really right on the the yeah, cutting edge of introducing a lot of new musicals, yeah. and still, you know, they still do. Yeah, you know, oh, there yeah, too with Tim under Tim Safford, they still introduce new, new right. playwrights and. How did you first get connected with Lincoln Center then? Well, uh, because Ira Weitzman and Andre Bishop, right. who had, you know, I worked with there, and yeah. Yeah, knew me from there. So when it came time for them to, to make the move, right. um, you know, that's how I did Hello Again over there. And Matt Chronicle. Graziella. And Chronicle of Death Foretold. Yeah. Uh, Hello Again. And that's Bernard the first Album. time you met Graziella? Uh, was for, was with, for Hello Again. 
Oh. Yes. Ira Weitzman had called me one day and said, have you ever read the play uh, La Ronde by yeah. uh, Arthur Schnitzler? And I said, gosh, you know, years ago I did, and I remember seeing the movie, the Max Offels movie, years and years and years ago. Yeah. And... Um, but I'll take a look at it again. And he said, he mentioned, you know, Graziella Danielle. I don't know if you know her. She's just done Once in This Island. She's um, interested in maybe making a ballet out of it or a musical. Right. And I thought maybe you might be, might be a good musical if you want to take a look at it. So I went home and I read it and I had it. I had a copy of it. And I read it and um, wrote the first scene. And I called Ira. I said, I've got a first scene to play for you if you want to bring Miss Danielle over. And, and I met Jan Grazzi that day. Oh. Uh, and I played her the scene, and we were off. Wow. It was magical. And had you so already had the concept her. of like the decades of. No, that would, come, it... that would come a little later. Okay. It would come the following week. Uh-huh. <laughs> when I began, when, after playing the first scene, Grazi was like, Yes, I, yeah. yes, we are doing this. <laughs> we are going to do this. And yes, 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 yes. She, I mean, she got up and she kissed me on the cheek, and that was the beginning of a a marvelous, marvelous relationship that has lasted so many years. She is just like my mommy. She's just the best. Yeah, well, you you stay close to the ones you, you know, that you not only that always challenge. I mean, she's just always friggin' challenging. Right, right. It's not safe. You know, to be in a room with Grazi because you never know what you're gonna do next. Right, you know? and I think she's a little. I, you know, we, we in the business know her, but I think she's a little underrated as far as like a storyteller oh, and director and someone oh, who has literally pushed it's the envelope of what musical theater is today. Genius. With so many careers that just have giant question marks over all of them these days, you I'm know? just going. You know what? You want to see something fucking real? That's for real. It's yes, that's so the truth, real. and that comes from a, a line of tradition. You know, that's yeah. a real true yeah. line of tradition. I mean, she comes from a uh, solid background. Yeah. You know, she wasn't I mean, Michael Bennett's assistant for hello, nothing. Like, yeah. and uh, and what Bennett, she, what she, Fossey, everybody. Yeah. And she's what remarkable when it yeah. comes to storytelling. Yeah. She knows she's what to so do with her. her yeah, yeah, she's brilliant. She's great to and, work and with. And also, not just putting it up on its feet, but cultivating. I mean, like helping. Yeah. You know, say, well, what about this? Well, I mean, I'm. A, I don't want to project. Yeah, but she's I'm, remarkable I'm assuming she challenges in that. You oh and my says, God! Yeah. Well, you know, you always look for a director who's very good at problem solving. Yeah. That and also too someone who can who you can have a good laugh with, you know, True. because right. God knows like, it oh. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Putting on shows sucks. It's really hard. You it's better a, have someone you can have a good laugh yeah, with at the end of the that. day. You're Absolutely. Right. Um, I was going to ask you, how did the Hello Again movie come to be? Oh, that was that was something surprising that popped up. Um, I, I knew Tom and Corey. We we discussed doing another project for a while, another adaptation of another one of my shows. And uh, in 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 the meanwhile, while we were working toward making that happen, knock on wood, um, he, they mentioned hello again to me. And I said, well, you could definitely try doing it there. You know, I would, you know, and I was very happy because I really trusted them. I liked their work an mm. awful lot. I loved uh, their The Midsummer Night's Dream adaptation that they did, yeah. Were the World Mine. And I also loved Mariachi Gringo. I just think that they really, Tom is a wonderful, wonderful director. Mm. And Corey's a great screen playwright. I really liked the two guys an awful lot. And I think they did a beautiful job with the movie. I mean, it's just beautiful. think it's beautiful yeah, to look at. Stunning. And they got great yeah. performances out of yes. these Remarkable. Sounds great too. Yeah, another and it kind of I don't know it didn't get a lot of notice and, was, and stuff, which was surprised me a lot from the community. Was, well, I think with my stuff, a lot of people go, "Fuck you, Michael John, you're doing too much." They get mad at me, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've experienced my whole life in this. Career. Really? Yeah, because this kind of thing. I'm, why are you doing so much? We don't like you. So it's like, no. you know, because you got a lot of no. stories you want to tell. That's why. Well, he's doing I'm so fast much. and I'm and efficient and yeah. I get produced. Would you, Fuck you consider you. yourself a fat? Yeah. <laughs> 
a fast writer. I'd like to be because yeah. I'd like to get it over and done with, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there are deadlines and dates. And, and I realize this is yeah. like weird. It's not brain the, surgery we're, we're, to write a song. I love you for that. Hey, podcast listeners, are you looking for a place to rehearse in New York City that is clean, spacious, and most importantly, affordable? Come check out Shetler Studios and Theaters, our wonderful host for these podcasts. Shetler is centrally located on West 54th Street between Broadway and 8th Avenue, right in the heart of the theater district. Right in the heart, you'll find music, dance, and acting studios, complemented by two black box theaters and six presentation venues. The professional facilities, inspired environment, and expert industry staff combined to provide the New York artist with an unparalleled studio experience. Visit their website at shetlerstudios.com. That's S-H-E-T-L-E-R studios.com. Shetler Studios and Theaters is our home for recording the legends of Broadway, and we hope that you make it your artistic home too. That's Shetler, S-H-E-T-L-E-R studios.com. See you here. We're called behind the curtain. I don't mean to pull the curtain back, but can you... Talk a little bit about your writing process. Well, you mentioned what do I do with the course of the day. I yeah. think you mentioned yeah. that. It was, well, it's generally up early. I like to get up early because it's quiet. And, yeah. you know, I don't like the dark, so I prefer, I mean, I'm not a winter prayer person. But uh, I like to, to wake up, have, grab my coffee, and go mm. right to the piano or go right to the desk and uh-huh. write the song for the day. Really? Or write the song for the day or arrange the song or orchestrate the song for the day or start recording the song for the day. Well, the, I like that first thing that I do in, during the, the very first thing I do is not to look at the news. Right. Not right. to not to sit around, it, it, you know, not to lounge around, is to get up out of that bed yeah. and get to the piano. And is there like a to-do to do list that you know, like the night before or something mm, there it's like, okay, I, will I gotta, make, yes, I, gotta, I, will. I gotta get this I will. one song finished. Even though no, one, no one's saying I have to do well, any, no, any of it, you know, but that's the writing order if I'm in the middle of writing. I mean, yeah. there are deadlines, you know, and you yeah. have to finish it. Yeah. But also too, I love it. I love waking yeah. up to do that. To me, that's the best part of the day. You know what I mean? And then I'll work, but I, oh, I over the years though, I've decided that um, I needed to stop at a certain point. Because I would normally work you get obsessive. just right, yeah. and that was just not good for me. Not for good for my mental health. Uh-huh. Not good for my social life. <laughs> Where's not good for my body. <laughs> not good for my body. And uh, so you know, I've learned to to take breaks and take my gym break. You know, and mm-hmm. then make sure that I, I'm at five every day. That that's that's my day. You're done. I'm and done. You, and you write at the five, piano. I like to write at the piano, mm-hmm. and I also like to write. Well, it depends on what I'm, where I'm at. Yeah, if I'm writing sure, 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 sure. a script or writing a libretto for a piece, right. I'll be not at the piano for that. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, sitting at the desk right Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you about one of my favorites, which is First Lady Suite. <laughs> where did this idea come from to put oh, these women God, together in the it. same world? It's crazy, crazy. I, I don't it. know. You know, I was walking down the street one day, and, uh, you know, we used to sell books on the sidewalk. Remember oh, yes. when there were books? Oh, What's yes. a book? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> for our listeners. And I, it was a really hot day, and uh, hot summer in the city. It must have been... I would say 85 or so, 1985 or 86 or so. And I picked up, there was a book there on Dolly Madison. I thought, oh, what a great book to read on a hot summer day. It's a book about ice cream. Yeah. Well, it was D-O-L-L-E-Y Madison. <laughs> and I recognized that it was the wife of James Madison, fourth president of the United States. And, uh, and yet I was fascinated because I went, oh, I didn't know this about the War of 1814. Uh, I didn't know this about this mm-hmm. part of history. I didn't right. know this yeah. stuff. That I didn't know this. 
the slavery issues yeah. that they were facing and how Washington came to be, Washington, how the White House came to be built yeah. and, and all these things and who this remarkable woman was, the mythology of her, yeah. but also to some of the facts that were true yeah. or not true and also to the power that she welded. And even given then, it's fascinating to me. And I don't know what clicked on, um, but I went, oh, I gotta start collecting books on first ladies. So I started collecting books on the first ladies and started building a huge library. It wasn't until I read a book um, by Mary Gallagher, who was the personal secretary to Jackie Kennedy, yeah. called My Life with Jackie Kennedy, <laughs> Jacqueline Kennedy. It was one of the very first tell-all books oh, of okay. working, yeah, of, some, of, of that time. It was one right. of the very first ones post-Jack's uh, post death. Mm -hmm. uh, very 70s, you know, very 70s. It was shortly after her marriage to Anassas, where, so there was a lot of souring on Jackie. Mm -hmm. no, one, no one had written a tell-all book. And Mary's was really one of the first in this new environment of yeah. the Kitty Kelly's coming up mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. was Kitty Kelly hadn't written her book yet no, either about Jackie. And... Um, and I read this book and I went, oh my God, this character is outrageous. The things she's fucking saying about Jackie, unbelievable. And then I went, I looked around the library and went, I have so many books here on the First Ladies. Yeah. It just, Mary started singing to me was the thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when, when I begin adapting. Yeah. Something the characters have to start singing in my ear. Weird. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I know you're looking at me like I'm a no, weirdo. No, no, no. It's really it strange. It's really, you know, strange how a book has to start singing mm -hmm. to other characters have to sing to me. Well, Mary Gallagher began singing to me and um, I bet the Tom Kitten misses me. You know, <laughs> yeah, da, 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 love da. It. and um, just her voice, ah, da, da, you know, this is <laughs> yeah. nice, this is really nice. Yes. That's how she, you know, she talked and, and like, she's really, yes. yeah, just Gabby Gabby. And, and so, but it had musicality and that's when I went, I'm gonna write a musical. Mm. And I began that over Texas. And then that became the Miami piece. And then I went, okay, I'm going to add a third piece to the song and see if I can't do a trilogy out of this. Right, you had to pick yeah. another first lady or yes. you had to decide which ones to Exactly. Pick. Well, I went and I decided to go. I actually, I thought, well, I can go in a chronological order, mm -hmm. uh, start with Evelyn and work my way through to mm -hmm. Jackie, mm -hmm. or just do something kind of fun and go backwards yeah. with it all. So that's what we did with it all. Yeah. yeah. Um, was there a first lady story that you wanted to include that was not included? Well, what I'm going to do next time, I have another go around with First Lady Sweet, if ever that happens, I really want to expand the best Truman piece okay. mm -hmm. a little more. I want to expand that piece a little bit more. Because yes, yes. I, I want more of Bess uh -huh. in it. And I figure mm -hmm. I have the time to do that, and I'm going to yeah. do that with that piece and just give it a little bit more fat <laughs> got it, got to it, it. Got it. That's what I would do with it all. How but did don't. you uh, meet George C. Wolfe? George, I met through um, uh, Wiley Halsam, mm -hmm. uh, and because uh, he, when he when he began taking over, when he took over the public theater mm -hmm. shortly afterwards, I had known um, I, I had been at the public theater as an accompanist for oh really years doing auditions and stuff like that. <laughs> Even back when Joe was there, and oh, really? through Joanne Acolytus, yeah. I was with Joanne Acolytus. In fact, wow. we were talking about doing a piece uh, that I was working on with Anthony Davis, the composer mm -hmm. there, mm -hmm. at um, the public theater which, when Joanne was there. And then of course, you know, Wiley knew George and I met George through Wiley and we became friends and uh, he produced, well, I think First, Daughter, first Lady Sweet yes. was literally the first production of George's there mm -hmm. at his theater when he took over wow. the, the helm. 
there. So, and we became friends What's and did all like of wonderful fun with that. Working wonderful with him, yeah. Oh my and God, his creative mind. That he's just... he's just remarkable. Yeah. The guy's a genius. Yeah. He's a genius. There's no other word for it all. I mean, you you, you know, he is lives and breathes theater. Mm -hmm. He is exciting and temperamental and. And uh, you never know what's going to happen next, but very mm -hmm. thoughtful and probably one of the most loving people I've ever met in my mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. You know, he is really, truly, genuinely um, something else. Oh, you know, he's got he's got his Georges, we all do, but he's, yeah. he's got, you know, George issues, but I got my Michael John issues. We all got those <laughs> mm -hmm. things that make us us, you know. Yeah. We, we wouldn't be, they wouldn't be, Creative, I don't think, if we didn't have our, our set of complexities and yes. complications. Yeah. And, sure. and, uh, and yes, and I think that's great. And I think he has every right to be temperamental when he wants to be. <laughs> I mean, look at that show, Shuffle Along. I just thought that was the, the most brilliant show I'd seen mm -hmm. ever. I mean, it just hands down was mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? Yeah. It was brilliant, yes. brilliantly done. Agreed. And uh, just sensational. And um, so it was, it was great fun working with him yeah. on the wild party. I'll tell you that much. Oh, it was a God. wild party. Do you, want to, do you want to ask about let's that go. now? Yeah, oh my God, the wild party. party. Yeah. Tell us yeah. the wild, wild party. The wild party. Thank <laughs> you. It is wonderful. Um, yeah, it was a great experience. And uh, uh, Whose idea was it first? I had, uh, it had given to me by a friend the book when it came out with Art Spiegelman's yeah. woodcut um, uh, uh, version republished. So that was mm -hmm. quite a little sensation. And it was given to me as a gift. And uh, I read it. And so with, with, as a gift saying, you know, this is something you might be considered doing at yeah. one point. And I said, nah, 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 nah. it didn't speak to me and it sat on my bookshelf for about four years. And then when I was looking for a new project, um, I heard it singing. Yeah. Oh, I literally did. Coming. Well, you know, I say to people, you know, sometimes it, you know, you, you, that's why it's important to go through like the Shakespeare canon. At least for me, once every seven years, read mm -hmm. every play by Shakespeare, every sonnet, Every seven years, because what's happened to you in seven years has changed your life. You are a different person. Like follies. You're yeah. different. You really <laughs> yeah, are different. No, right. So this play, or this sonnet, or this passage of a play, whatever, this is, is going to have different resonance for you than it had for you seven years before when you were a different person. Mm -hmm. Not that you're different, but you've changed, or whatever's happened. Life yeah. has happened to you. Yeah. And it's great to read the pieces, uh, you know, because of life. And so life, life happened within four years, and yeah. suddenly, oh my God, the Wild Party sang to me. So I began working on it, showed some of it to um, George, and he, he dove right in, and uh, knowing that it, I needed a shaper and a book writer along with him because it was such a big complicated yeah. piece that we wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, there, we almost did it in like a real time. You know that. We, there's, uh, like make it like a, a full night's party. Full night. Oh my God. In fact, I have enough material to do that, yeah. But of course, the reality is who's gonna I mean, sit for nine yeah. hours. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I mean? But the idea being that you can get up and go and come back right, and the party right, still right, be right. going. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's what a party would but, be. I mean, you know, but uh, and it, was, it was quite long. I think our first run through was almost six hours. I think it was really long, it was Ooh. huge. Wow. It was huge, it was just vastly exciting. And so George helped like trim and focus. We both did all both, that. Yeah, we both, both had did, to, yeah. and yeah. And by the time we got on Broadway, and so there was major editing that we had to do, we needed to really cut out more time from it all. Yeah. I mean, now they do it in two acts um, because the audiences now just can't take, can't do more than 80 minutes now. In a theater, our attention spans are so limited now. How sad is that? Right. Um, are you are you happy with that? You like that? I don't care. I mean, okay. it's fine. I just I just wish that we were allowed to do three acts, 
you know, I wish reunion rules allowed for that, and there mm -hmm. wasn't that, because I would have done Giant. I would never have done Giant in two acts. I would have kept it in a three right. act form. Right. Oh, that would have right. been great. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Giant should be, I love vast evenings. Yeah. I do, I loved, I loved um, uh, the, the Irish play, Jez Butterworth. Oh, um, The Ferryman. The Ferryman, I just yeah. loved it. But I wanted a real break. Yeah. Not something called, uh, Interval you know, or interval. something. Yeah. Yeah. What is this? Seventh yeah. We're taking yeah. out five yeah, yeah, exactly. And they say the same thing with uh, uh, George's brilliant uh, The Iceman Cometh last oh, yeah. season. Going, please, give me a friggin' break. I want they my still 15 do it in the opera. You get, get go just to dinner. Do I, I, do it. Just do it. Opera, you you know, know yeah. just do it. But, you know, with the union rules and stuff, it's just like, God, you know, it's... It's crazy. Frustrating to yeah. me. Was there, you have to not be able to experience theater in a way that it needs to be experienced. Totally. You got to pay out the nose for it all. Yeah. I don't well, get exactly. it. I don't get it. Yeah. You write for the art. Did, mm. Was there? Well, you, you, yeah. With the, with the sense that oh yes, this this is going to be in a commercial theater and it's on Broadway, but yet you still you're an artist. I mean, like that's where right. It is. I just I, I mean, find like you know why you why does the that? work have to follow a contract? Why can't there yeah. be contracts that follow the work? I mean, equity comes up with these ridiculous things over and over again. They just go, who wrote this shit? You know, a bunch of corporate people sitting in a room. It's right. like, Absolutely. You know, who are you? Same mm -hmm. thing with the musicians' union. I mean, I'm not down on the unions. We no, need I'm, them. We need them. We need them to protect, and they do right. do do that. We need our guilds. We need all that. But at the same time, I just think sometimes the compromises are so great yeah. that you're not getting the art that you deserve. Oh, I, oh, I was going to ask you a question really quickly, which is, tell us about the cast for the Wild Party. <laughs> this, <laughs> the stars. The stars. This, this group of how did, amazing. How did Tony was brilliant to work with. I love Tony Collette. She was wonderful, she wonderful, wonderful. Brilliant. She was great to work with. Dynamite. Uh, she and Mandy were dynamite on stage. I'll tell you, scary dynamite. Mandy was a honeymoon for me. I loved working with him every single minute. Yeah. I thought he was, he was, my, he was for me a writer's dream to work with. I loved working with him, uh, shaping the material with him. I loved being in a room with him. His opinions I, and he would... Oh, God, them. yes, but it was yeah. all about what's right for the for character. The story. Yeah. And it was just everything that I had been taught working with, say, uh, Mark Seller when I was yeah. a child, yeah. Yeah. working with um, and being young in the BMI workshop, everything I was taught about how to write a song for a character, working with Mandy was the fruition of that. And it was truly one of the great experiences of my life and one I'll never, ever, ever regret having and will always be kind of holding the bar up to. Good. So you, you enjoy know? that artist Oh, writer collaboration. Of course, if yeah. any writer who doesn't and says, "Here, you do this song," anyone who says that, you know, uh, get over yourself. Yeah, you're tailoring. You're you're, you're tailoring. You're trimming the, yeah. the 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 sleeve. You're doing the collar. That was me. Oh, good. Doing doing the the collar. Doing the hem. Yeah. That's a song. It's fashioning the song, particularly if it's a new song for someone. Yes, of course. You fashion the song yeah. for the character, for the for the actor. Yeah. What they're capable of doing. Don't make an actor sing a high D if she can't do that. Uh -huh. You know, challenge them. Yep. Like challenging Audra and Marie Christine was is oh is a joy to joy, you know. Uh, and challenging her is fun to do too to yeah. see if she can get this and that. Sometimes yeah. it's really kind of fun. But uh, you know, challenging, but not ask them to do something that's out of their, you know, out of reality or makes them feel uncomfortable. That's stupid to do. But, you know, that's the joy of it all. That's the real pleasure is getting in room. That's why I love returning over and over again to the same wonderful group of people that I've worked with. Uh, Teresa McCarthy, Mark Kudish, Mary Testa, my wonderful Tally Sessions. You know, these wonderful people that Tally. get the language. Jesse Tyler Ferguson. You know, they're wonderful, wonderful yeah. friends and, and colleagues of mine that right. know the language. Is Santiago, it, you know. Is it? Betsy, Betsy Morgan. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah sure. Love is Betsy it, Morgan. Is it true room. that uh, Audra auditioned 
auditioned for Hello again? Yeah, she was too young for it at the young. time. Yeah, she just graduated from Juilliard, uh -huh. and um, but we, we, and one of the roles had already been cast, and we, we didn't want right. to get get muck with that. That would have yeah. been not right to do right. to the actress that was playing that role, because we could have fit her into that role, but it didn't seem right, right to do that. Right, right. But you know, hey, you know, she it worked out well. So you know? were you like, I'm gonna write you a? a opera? I, and, oh my God, yeah. I was like, you are. I, I just went, oh my God, that woman is just, oh my God. Yeah. It just blew me away. Yeah. You know, when someone like that walks into your life, into you know, much less into a small little Lincoln Center room right. in the basement, and you feel like, you know, 50 million tons of TNT have just yeah. gone off, and you know, you're not the same. You've been. Changed yeah. when uh, when when you have those kind of encounters with greatness, yeah. and she is greatness. She's uh, stunning, and, mm -hmm. and that work that Marie Christine is absolutely stunning. Did, I have loved did, that show. I love yeah. it. I just revisit. We just talked about it on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Did, did now you've written opera and you've written yes. what they call opera, what they call musical theater. Now, do you put? Is it the same? Are they both the same? There's a little you write? bit of difference because Marie venue. Christine has a little. That's like the it's old time thing. When it's when I'm done in an opera house, it's an opera. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's right about that. He is you absolutely know? right about that. Yeah. Um, there are different things. Uh, <clears throat> that do go into play with opera, you know, um, I think since you're going to be working mostly with opera singers and opera, right. you have to keep in mind that um, this was a couple good lessons that I learned when I worked at, when I was resident composer at the Lyric Opera of Chicago, where I did Lovers and Friends. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I learned from one of my mentors there um, that the opera singers, since you'll be working with them, they like a longer line. <laughs> they don't like a lot of words. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Right. So, <laughs> more vowel. to get more value, <laughs> more value out of your right. work, you know, you might have to spare a little bit of the word play mm -hmm. and amount of lyric that you might use. Mm -hmm. So be simple. Mm -hmm. And I did that with Marie Christine because mm -hmm. it sort of borders on that. opera. There's very simple language so. in Marie Christine. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very simple. It's not technically challenging like the lyrics are with the Wild Party or say a giant, which yeah. is a lot of. Although giant has very simple lyric thing too yeah. in some places because it does go into that opera thing and, and, and it's, if, I'm, if you're hiring opera singers just know that yeah. they love the long notes yeah. <laughs> that's what they yeah. learned and right. spent it's years do. <laughs> to do well yeah. and so you must give them that that's yeah. that's another thing though you have to you have to be able to be malleable and change with your venues and whatever circumstances comes your way yeah. you know as a writer you can't just say I'm this right because yeah. then you'll just be that for the rest of your life why do that how early do you like to engage a director in the writing process it really all depends uh, I've, I'm working on two new pieces um, and uh, three new pieces and the directors are, were engaged even before I set pen to paper oh really yes absolutely wow. okay. well one one well, the one I'm working on with Danny Mefford, who choreographed Fun Home and yeah. Um, yeah, great, uh, yeah. and Dear Evan Hansen, he's a wonderful, wonderful director, and uh, I'm doing a new piece with him at Williamstown uh, based on the uh, cost of living, uh, yeah. won the Pulitzer this yeah. past year. So we're working on that, and Danny was involved even before we the play even came along. Wow. So um, uh, uh, and uh, so that was it's been wonderful, and I. Working with Jack Cummings, of course, at a transport, transport group on a new piece for Mary Testa, which I'm excited for. And then um, I'm doing a piece that Graziella Danielle 
is directing. For many years I've known Grazia, yes. and for many years we've gone for martinis, and for many years yes. she has told me many, 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 many stories of her life growing up in Buenos Aires as a child, and how she became a ballerina, mm -hmm. and her, about her three muses, she calls them, her three graces, her mother, her aunt, and her grandmother. Oh. And I, had, I was doing some teaching up at Columbia, and I invited Grazia up to speak to the students, mm -hmm. and. Uh, and she told one story I'd never heard before. And I'm oh, going, shit. and we went out for our martini after the class, you know. And then uh, I said, you know, I didn't hear that story before. You've got so many stories. You know, girl, I'm going to write a, a musical based on your life. And she goes, oh, <laughs> no one would believe it. And I did that, and I went home, and I wrote the opening number. So I'm doing a musical based on Graziella's life growing up in Buenos Aires. This it's is called The Gardens of Annuncia. You know, oh, we just did a reading of it, a, a workshop of it all, as a matter of fact. That's, That's incredible. Amazing. A little mini one at the public. Is she so. going to direct it? Yes. Which is so mean and cruel of me. <laughs> I don't know if it's a gift or if it's cruelty, you know? Because <laughs> she says, she says, I don't know if I could be objective. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You know, I'm going, yeah, you can do it, you can do it. And I've changed the name. It's Annuncia, not Graziella. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, she's so brilliant. I can't wait to see that. It's really oh. beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful piece. And, yeah, uh, and you could like use, that in, you use that musical influence of... of oh, yes, when it's out, there's some yes, tango, a lot of tango, yeah. yeah. And only, there's not just tango in mean, front of the music. There's many yeah. different styles of... Of music and, and that, so I've been able to play around with that, oh, how have fun with that, and and most importantly, not bring those three women that influenced her to life. Exactly. Yeah. You know, very wonderful, remarkable women too. At that, very strong, very very powerful women in her life, and right. uh, it's wonderful to bring them to and life. Share that story with the and audience. Exactly, and, yeah. and they'll never, yeah. and also too to know that they're never gone. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they'll always be here. You know, and I think that's well, the that's, beautiful that's thing. That's why I love writing musicals so much. Like when you say the first daughter suite and, uh, yeah. and first lady suite and those characters, why, why? It's just it's to make something, something of even though theater's not permanent, but the writing is permanent. Yeah. Right. And it, it's always going to be there, maybe unless we do blow ourselves to smithereens or something like that happens. Yeah. But right. you know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's like putting it down it is, is to make that something of permanence in a world that has very little permanence. Right. Look, I made a hat. Exactly. Yes. I mean, not to quote the um, other Yeah, master, but that's but it. Yeah, when was the first exactly. time you met Sondheim? Gosh, when did I meet Sondheim? First time I met him was when I won the Stephen Sondheim Award. It was given out down in Philadelphia. Oh. And it was very fancy to do. And I remember being... I. I read that you had like a mohawk or something. I had a mohawk at God the time. God bless you. And um, good. And I don't know. We met him, and it was just weird. It was, <laughs> it was actually. I, I think I met him. Tell him about the hard on then. I yeah. I hmm. I, I met him. He came to see my one ex um, at. Playwrights Horizons mm. was one of the first time. Mm. Mary Rogers, mm. the wonderful Mary Rogers brought him. It was yeah. the Rogers Award, mm -hmm. which I had won that year, yeah. and uh, a development grant or something like that. I forget what it was. And um, that, it would be a development grant, not the actual Rogers gotcha. thing, because it was in production. And so that would have been before the, the award. So, so, and then I got the award after he yeah. had seen the, the, the one acts that I had done, okay. had written under the Richard Rogers. It was very nice meeting him. I was like, what? Yeah, well, what? so say us all. Like, all of yeah. us are like, what? Every time. Yeah. <laughs> but I never went to, you know, I mean, it's, it's different. It was different back then because, you know, there weren't a lot of shows opening on Broadway, but you hung yeah. out a lot down in Midtown, down in this area. There was a lot yeah. of hanging out down here. And there was a lot of changeover in the theaters. This was before the British invasion. Right. Mm -hmm. 
where things just sat in theaters for a really yeah. long time. Uh -huh. So there was always something happening. And you'd always, like, you'd meet, like, Charles Strauss, one of my, I, my, I love my Charles Strauss more oh. than life itself. And, really? And, um, and, and John Kander. You'd meet them in, like, like the bars. And yeah. you'd say, well, so what's up and what do you think about this? And you'd learn from them, from these guys, you know, what the good, what wasn't good, you know, if did that work? I mean, even Sondheim would pop in sometimes, or Hal would be around or something like that. And you'd over, you know, you'd listen to them talk. I'd never force myself into a, a, a conversation, but, you know, I'd say, always mm -hmm. say hello and, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, Wow. You know, and and listen in. Right. Those were those are some ways that we you you were taught back then. Right. But now we don't have those things no. anymore we really because the changeover is not that great. So thus you have classes in it now. You know, and so you know where you can pass on what you know yeah. about yeah. things. You know, yeah, that's when you pay to meet with someone like that. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. wild. But what great right. education you received! Yeah. What's the one thing you want all your students to take away? from having taken your class? Many things. Uh, one that, I mean, there are many things, but most important is um, to know your craft. Know your craft. Because you can always rely on craft when, the, when it gets hard, mm. when the going gets tough and, and it really gets hard. And secondly, to really write from your heart. The truth, yeah. Don't. Don't do anything that you don't feel that you you know, are uh, obliged to do, unless you want to make some money. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there's a difference, but try, try your very best to write from your heart with all things, and to be honest, and true to yourself, know, know thyself. And what do you, you mean know? by craft? Know your craft. Craft, like, learn the art of writing a proper lyric, learn the art of AAB, learn like structure all those, and learn all those um, sometimes very pedestrian, very pedantic things that right. all the great masters are offered us, and then you can go off the road. Break the rules. Yeah. You know, but learn the map before you go off is what I always feel, it, you know. You can break the rules. Please do, for God's sakes. Do, do, do. Yeah. But not until you've learned right. that, you know, ground doesn't rhyme with town. Thank you. You know, although that was fine for Condom McGreen. It worked for them. Okay. It worked for them. Are there, are there any writers working today that excite you? Well, I, you know, I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what I feel about the musical. I'm, I'm, I'm really eager to see it. Um, uh, but I'm interested in Joe Conis. I wonder mm -hmm. what he'll do after this thing yeah. happens. Um, what's next? Um, I was delighted with Matt Sklar's work in, in The Prom. I yeah. really was. I was finally, I wasn't, I was at a musical where I didn't feel like I was mm -hmm. being insulted, you know, yeah. by the crappy songwriting and stuff. I really, yeah. you know, I, I really was so happy to see some really witty. I like Craft. Nell Benjamin. I think she's, yes. oh my I God, think, yeah. I have to tell you, I think that she got, even though the score is uh, for Mean Girls, I thought her lyrics were, were charmingly mm -hmm. funny yeah, her and were good. good. Um, yeah. I like um, this young writer, Michael Jackson, I like an awful lot. Oh, and yeah. he is out there. That boy is out there. I love him. How are new writers uh, getting their work out there opposed to how when you were getting your work out there? How has it changed? Oh, well, there's social media now. Uh, we didn't have YouTube and, and, and uh, social you, websites, you know. Do social you think it's effective? Website. Um, I yes and no, I guess. I mean, there's little, unfortunately, there's less critical um, response. I mean, you are also too. A lot of people are looking at and listening to your stuff. If you're posting it online, you're you're not there in the room with them. So right. if it's theater, I, it's not theater because you're really just doing um, televised mm -hmm. 
form of art, which maybe is, maybe will be the future for all I know. Right. Um, I mean, if they got away with rent live, <laughs> we're using that you word know, very loosely. Very loosely. The commercials uh, were live, and that was about you, it. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, maybe that's the the thing. I, you know, television is the way to go. And anybody can put you know. something on YouTube and be but, like, "I'm a writer." <laughs> yes, you can. And the critical, so the critical elements out the window. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's sort of sad to see go because I think that we do need our critics people who really are knowledgeable and do know what they're talking about. Is this a good piece of music? Is this a, a good song? Is this a good score? Yeah. You know, we need those critics out there, and without them, I think it's just free-for-all. You have what you have a lot of these days. Yeah. You know. Has a performer in a rehearsal hall ever said to you, oh, you know, maybe the moment should be this, and it spurned an idea in you that you thought, I've never thought of it in that way before? Sure, all the time. All the time. I'm and always you're so to keep, open to that. You have to be. If you're not, I don't think, I don't think you can be called a good writer if you're not open to it all. Mm -hmm. It has to be done right and at the right moment. Yes. <laughs> I get that. And there can only be like a couple of those moments right, and then right, right, I'm right. done with you because yep. otherwise go and write your own fucking musical right <laughs> <laughs> talented actor as you are yes, yes I don't yes. want to hear it. I'm writing this I'm not writing it with you I'm right. and I'm interested right. I'm yeah. absolutely interested but yeah. I'm not interested in this or that I'm not interested in ego do you like being in the rehearsals or, do you, or are you one of those writers, here's oh. some stuff, I'm going to go away for a bit, and then I'm going to yeah. see what No, I, I love being in rehearsal. Yeah. It's, my, it's the thing I actually live for. Huh. That's why I try to write my things as quickly as I can so I can get to rehearsal. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love being with people. It's lonely when you, when you write your yeah. own music and lyrics and mm -hmm. sometimes your own book. Yeah. I mean, I love collaborating when I, yeah. even if I find a good book writer to work with, you know, and, um, you know, so I love being with people. It's, you know, it's lonely at four o'clock yes. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Some writers are shy. Some yeah. of them are shy and don't want to... Some of them do, though. Yeah. Some, some of them are more productive not being in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them, they, they don't help in the room either. Sometimes I've been in, I do a lot of new musicals, and a lot of times, sometimes the composers can almost get in the way. They, they don't understand the pro... You've been through the process so many times that you trust the process, Shut and you up. know that if they don't sing it right now, they're going to sing it right later. But they'll sing it right later. I'm, I, I, you can ask a lot of my music directors, and they'll Chris go... Chris Fenwick is like... Well, he's brilliant, yeah. yeah. But, you know, they, I'm... They, can get a, I can be a little, but it's only with the music directors, never with the actors. I mean, the actors wouldn't know. But I, the, the music directors can go, would you mind? Let me do my job. Would you mind? <laughs> yes, I've would done that you before. mind? Definitely. But never to the point where it's like fighting or anything like that. No, I don't get in a fight. It's just like, we got it. Because like, I'll start laughing before. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. If I can make them mad, I start laughing. Ha, <laughs> <Yeah>. I gotcha. <laughs> I've often thought that sometimes audiences had to learn to appreciate the complexity of your work, and I think that they are. I, I, I think that you're almost, you know, in 1994, 95, 96, ahead of your time in a way, I think, because you're challenging the audience to think. I don't mean to, I, this is just shit. my opinion. But I, shit. No, 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 but I think you've challenged the art form. Ah, damn. You're challenging the art form to raise the bar, to be better, to be smarter, to make plays with music, as well, opposed to like, waka, 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 da, 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 you know. Like, well, that's, that's okay, too, but we love musicals like that, too. We, we do. Love yeah. it. Oh, that's I love Hello, Dolly. Give it to I, me. I, I'm not saying um, I'm... I don't think I go into go. I demand this of the audience. I really no. don't go and approach the work that way because I love the audience. You're writing yeah. for the you character. Know, You're do, writing for the story. But I have to keep myself involved in it and try to do something that's going to turn me on and keep me on the razor's edge. Yeah. You know, I yeah. really need to be that. And and also too, I know my actors want that too. And I know that there is directors that want that. And I know that there's designers that want that. And, and audiences. That want, and, yeah. and I think there are audiences out there. there. Are. I think that there's a, there's a lot of misconceptions about 
my work that's out there that you know I don't know if they'll ever be corrected and it's not for me to 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 go about correcting just to let it you know if people think oh his stuff is too hard to sing he's not not melodic and I stop Bullshit. paying attention to that stuff you know now sure. now in my old feeble broken knee lay good day you know I've decided not to concern myself with that but to write better stuff what's the greatest misconception that you wish you could clarify if there was one that I think that I'm God or something that I think, you know, <laughs> that, that I'm, a, you know, that, that, that's, that, that's, yeah. anybody yeah. who knows me knows that I'm, of course. You know, I'm very, um, not that way at all. And I try to be as humble as I can about my work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there were just some very early on things that happened that, that stuck in people's craw, well. you know, about the career and stuff. I remember, I remember there was an article that was back in the day when he had theater magazines. Remember oh. those days? Oh, yes. Theater Show week. music. Theater, theater week. Theater, oh, oh, theater oh, oh. week. I think, I, think oh. I, I touched a nerve. Yes. Theater <laughs> week. <laughs> it was a big, they did a big article on me. And it was my first thing it was yeah. really it was like going to be it was the one two whammy thing of yeah. doing first daughter suite and and yeah. and, for, um, and hello again and so they did a rather big article it was big for me because i thought wow and they're gonna put me on the cover of it all and then the headline which nothing was mentioned in the whole article about any of that the headline reads is this the next sondheim <gasps> now you don't know how that that was just Whoa! Yeah. Now I couldn't tell you how deeply upsetting that was to me to read that because for one thing, I didn't want to be that. Yeah. Oh. It was. He's got his gig. He yeah. does his thing. I'm. I'm. I'm not that You're at Michael all. John. I'm like yeah. that's. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I, I always aspire to to be a, as good a craftsperson as as Steve is, yeah. and, and a, as good a writer and as daring as Steve is. But it was never that. I never wanted to be the next. That's not for me to decide. And it felt like that was what. You know, and I think a lot of people got really pissed off. So you start off your career that way. Ooh, they're going to come sense. after you. They're going to come after you with tooth and nail. But and I you, think that they you do. Still stay true to your your style, like your your, your but, love. But, and but, your, but, you, but you but you learn after years and years of doing that. They don't worry about that yeah. shit, Michael John. Don't. And you know, yeah. it took me years to learn not to worry Fair. about that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. and just to do my work and yeah. do that work and do it promptly. Get it done. Try to keep a roof over your head. Yeah. Food in the refrigerator. <laughs> be nice to your friends, you know, don't do bad things to yourself because you're getting old right. now. Right. Right. Yep. And be kind party, and generous with yes. what you know. And be generous with what yeah. you know to your students. How has, speaking of students, how has teaching affected your writing? Or has it at all? Oh yes, it makes me much more uh, conscious of, oh, you're just breaking one of your little rules here. Mm. You know, that you just told your kids about, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and I go, well, okay, it's me. <laughs> it's me. I, uh, it's it's changed me in being a little bit more um, uh, 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 freer with myself mm. to mm. allow myself to be young. Yeah. Again. Yeah. yeah. They do keep you young. That's for sure. Yeah. There's a youth. I, I will they, agree with you that, know, and I, I, that's sure. why I love it. I think one of the best things about it is that they're younger. Yeah. And to always find keep that spirit in myself. What it felt like to be. Mm looking at garbage piled up outside of 78th Street and working in the, the uh, sleeping in the basement of Mark's and Dana's, yeah. uh, you know, building and, and then playing at night till 2 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> you know, I'll keep those things Being alive in myself hopeful and, and always wonder what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't guess what's going to happen next. Always be like, yeah, what's going to happen next? Oh, I, I that mean that's you. every day for it's me. That's so why it's, I can't yeah. wait to be, you know, get up. 
That's you know, what, I really that's, do. That's, that, that's, that's the way to do it, though. Yeah. And because then, then you, that bleeds into the writing. Because yeah. you never know. I was working on a really hard scene. Oh my gosh, was it hard? Because it's timing me this summer. I hit a brick wall with this scene. I went, oh, how am I going to do this one? I got, I wrote up around it. Yeah. <laughs> I went to the next scene, yeah. and I went to yeah. the other scene. Yeah. And then finally, I said, I've got to circle back to this. I've got to do this. How do we do this? I'm so scared. Oh, my God. So I got off on being scared. Yeah. I went, okay, go there. Mm-hmm. Do the most outrageous thing that you can think of to do with the song. Do the thing that's not meant to be. And sure enough, boom. I didn't know. And living in the unknown made me so happy to be there because it was just so great to go in and write that thing and get it done. And I found a way in. I was working on it this morning, the rest of the scene. It just, boom. It's in place now. I couldn't be happier. Wow. That's great. I couldn't be happier. Hey, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know. That's when the, but I'll know later when the actors start doing it and when I start yeah. seeing it as part of the whole thing or listening to it as the whole, mm-hmm. and, the, and the whole thing. I don't care. It's there. It was testing the unknown and, and the joy of that. If you can get into that, in all things, that's that's the best part of writing. That was what makes writing great. That's amazing. That's so wonderful. And you have inspired us so much today. <laughs> have I not really put have... you to sleep? Oh, no. God. That was amazing. That is so amazing because we are so energized. This is so exciting. Oh, well, thank, it's you wonderful. So much, thank you so much, Thank you. Thank you so much. It's special. been a pleasure here meeting you guys. What you have given us over the years is so oh, special. Thank you. Yes. I just thank you. We thank you. I'm not good with the compliments. I know, but you. I like still thank bestowing you. them. Let's see what comes next. Till next time. Take care, buddy. Today's episode was recorded at Shetler Studios on 244 West 54th Street. Visit Shetler Studios to book your room today, and you could be as cool as us. That's S-H-E-T-L-E-R studios.com. And a big thanks to our sound editor, Daniel Schwartzberg, and social media manager, Bethany Ann Selecki. And friends, don't forget, we want more folks to hear these incredible stories, and that's where you guys can come in and help us out. Yes, in order for people to find out about us, we need lots of ratings on iTunes. The more ratings, the more they'll come up in searches. So head on over to iTunes, search for Behind the Curtain Broadway's Living Legends, click on our logo, click on ratings and reviews, then write a review and leave us five stars and make us feel as special as Eliza Doolittle on Eliza Doolittle Day. Or you can leave us one star and make us feel as bad as Annie did in that weird production in Boston where Annie dreamed about being adopted and then ended the show back in the orphanage. True story, Rob was there. I saw it. So head on over to iTunes and make us feel even more special than we already do. (laughs) Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 